Welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Worldwide Willis. Yeah, this podcast is brought to you by the LMG Podcast Network. Now, folks, we have some big news to get to, some huge news. There's some big comebacks this late this last week. But first, we're going to talk about our matches of the week. Um, on the latest episode of Raw, we had a pretty good match between Jay Uso and Drew McIntyre. Really fun match. Good back and forth. And, yeah, um, good match. But also, the main point was to push the story forward, to push the Jay Uso potentially joining the bloodline. I mean, the Judgment Day and... You know, obviously, he basically rejects the Judgment Day. Judgment Day jump him. And Drew McIntyre pushes his story forward as far as him potentially turning into a heel. Like this slow turn into a heel, which I really like. If he would have ran back at the ring, it would have confused everybody on what his his character arc is going to be. But right now, he's slowly but surely, surely taking turning back into the heel Drew McIntyre that a lot of people have been asking for for like the last year or so. Um, Another match, um, I didn't get to catch this one, but I did hear about Ivar and Kofi Kingston. I heard their match was fun. I'm going to definitely go back and watch that one. Um, So that's not technically a match of the week, but I did want to shout it out. I heard I was on um, Twitter uh, and I saw a bunch of people shouting it out. So, I love when guys like that get to kind of show out that don't get the love week to week. Um, But yeah, all right, now let's get to why we're here. That man, the people's champ, the Brahma Bull. I don't know what his other nicknames are, but The Rock is back, folks. The Rock made his return on the latest episode of SmackDown in Denver, Colorado, of all places. I think he was there for the uh, Colorado game, just like everybody, all these other bandwagon ass fans were uh, now all of a sudden Colorado fans just because Deion Sanders is there. But that's another day for another topic, right? This is pro wrestling. And we appreciate these bandwagon ass fans because they brought us The Rock, right? The Rock is back. He showed up in Denver. The crowd went crazy. The crowd went wild. It was an amazing pop because it was just unexpected, right? It just. Like some people had like kind of speculated in the earlier day, they were like, "Oh, The Rock is in Denver." You know, hmm, SmackDown's in Denver. Interesting. You know, we'll see. McAfee was also hosting College Game Day. We kind of figured he'd show up in WWE, but right, he always comes back. He's always welcome. It's kind of a welcome home situation for Pat McAfee. But nobody would have been like, "Oh yeah, for sure, The Rock showed up." Like we thought. The Rock for sure was going to be at WrestleMania 39. We'll talk about that, but he wasn't, right? So trying to guess what The Rock is going to do, you're, you're kind of going to, you're pretty much going to fail on that most times. But that man showed up, showed up and showed out, and um, had a great segment with Grayson Waller. Um, I'm sorry, Austin Theory. I keep wanting to call Austin Theory Grayson Waller because that's who I I prefer Grayson Waller. But it was with Austin Theory. And uh, it's funny, Austin Theory's been in the ring, like, or feuded or had segments with some of the GOATs. Like, seriously, like, it's it's wild to think about. Um, but, yeah, Austin Theory did a good job, held his own. Obviously, you're going up against The Rock. Now, I will say this is a washed rock, right? This is a rock that's not as good on the mic. 
Um, his jokes and stuff don't age well. I'll say that. Right, his his mic work doesn't age as well as some of the other goats on the mic. How either way though, we had a good time. Um, when that if you smell when that music hit, bro, it was different. And today we're gonna talk about top five underrated theme songs of all time. But I want to take a second to appreciate the Rock's theme song, bro. Like, and so many times we kind of don't think of, like, when you think of the Stone Cold, you think of glass breaking. Right? You think of that. That's just in your mind, subconscious. HBK, you think of his song. You think of the, you think of Triple H. You, you know what I mean? Batista. Like, some people are known more for their music than anything. But with The Rock, for some reason, his music used to get some of the biggest pops of all time. But you don't, I guess maybe because all the stuff he's done, we kind of don't think about his theme music. But, bro, that thing slaps. Slap. Whoever um, did the guitar on his music, oh, my God. I think it's Jim Johnston that did that. My Lord, man. Hey, you deserve a max contract, bro. Like, it just... And then that guitar hit. Come on, man. And then it just keeps going. And, bro, it just... It got a little bridge in there, too. Come on, now. Come on, Jim. Got through a little bridge. We don't get bridges in, in uh, wrestling music. You know what I mean? So, yeah, man. It's just so good, bro. It just hits. And it's honestly, it's the most stadium-friendly theme music I think I've ever heard. Honestly, like, the bigger the venue, the more it slaps. Right? Like, it's weird, man. It's like Stone Cold Steve Austin's music. I mean, it don't matter where it hits. But I I prefer a Stone Cold theme that has the, the words to it, right? It was like, oh, 2000, 2001, when he kind of picked it up, oh, two. Uh, he picked it up after he went here a little bit. Like, I prefer that one. But I know a lot of people that, that prefer the OG one, right? Or with The Rock, every version of his slapped. The one when he, the conquered one, with the one when he went Hollywood. The one, like, they've all, they just basically added 808s to it every time. And man, man, The Rock really... We all know The Rock is goat in, the GOAT in many different categories. He's not my GOAT, but in many different categories, he's the GOAT. But he might, out of all the GOATs, he has the most underrated theme song of everybody. Like, it just slaps every time. Every time, man. But So it was just fun hearing that and just hearing the crowd react to it, watch him, you know, walk around the ring. And, man, it was just it was fun to see. Really was, and um, and it kind of had people talking about like, because on College Game Day he said he kind of broke the news that, um, WrestleMania 39 was supposed to be a lot. Like they had it, a year, even a year before they were like, all right, like The Rock versus Roman, uh, WrestleMania 39 in Hollywood in L.A. is perfect, and he, but he didn't expound on why it didn't happen. Like he he said it just didn't work out, but it's like, bruh. Like, you was out here doing Black Adam. Was that really that more important than WrestleMania? It wasn't. If you're if you're waiting for an answer, it wasn't. Right? That movie was awful. You could have passed that, had a classic match with Roman. 
you don't lose any stock popularity-wise because, let's be honest, Wayne's popularity is probably the lowest it's been in a while just because his actions with DC and uh, stuff and and his movies are kind of getting more of a critical eye to them, and they're not very good, right? Um, so yeah, he he just didn't expound on what the, what the details was, why he wasn't able to go against Roman at thirty nine. Now he did sort of hint at WrestleMania forty of Philadelphia. I'll be honest, I don't really want that. Like I, I'm good, I'm good. Like there's no. At this point, the Bloodline story was at its peak last year. And the Bloodline story with everyone there would have been 10 times better with The Rock being there at that time. Right During that time, it was about family. It was about being the leader of a family, of a unit, and Roman dominating as the leader of the family, as the tribal chief. Well, if The Rock comes, now you have a true challenger to that who can take over the tribe, you know what I mean? And be the tribal chief where now it's like, it's like two dudes in the, in the bloodline now, you know what I mean? Like it's not even a cohesive family. Now it may get there by WrestleMania 40, but I just, I would rather see Cody do it to be honest. Um, I know it's back to back kind of the same main event, but I think that kind of gives it even more of a big fight feel, right? Just kind of, kind of like what, uh, Cena and the Rocks, you know, back to back WrestleMania rivalry did like that had a box office big fight feel because you don't you don't get back to back years with you know running it back with the same match like you got Shawn Michaels and Undertaker did it you know only legends do that only the big time can do that right and so I think that would add a, an extra notch in the belt of Roman to be able to say okay I did Cody one I beat him. Cody too, I beat him again, you know. So, um, but yeah, I, I, The Rock. I'm glad he's here. I'm hoping with the writer strike, hopefully, you know that can end in a positive manner for all writers. They can get what they deserve. However, if we're just pushing that to the side, I do love to see the wrestlers come back who are in Hollywood due to the strike. They can't work, so now they're they have a lot of free time. So it'd be dope to see, you know, I saw people saying Batista. Okay. I mean, sure. I mean, Batista's, that'd be great to see him. Absolutely. It would be great to see him, but I don't need it. Like I think the rock would be cool to maybe challenge somebody right now, but I, I don't, I really don't need to see the rock in the ring right now. I don't know. Maybe I'm tripping, but I, I had my moment where I wanted the rock to be there and he didn't show up. So I have trust issues. <laughs> like I feel like I got cheated on. I got trust issues. So until he proves he's here to do the work and really invest in storylines until the strike is over, I'm good. I'm straight. Um, but that was kind of the big news of the week. Um, that's probably one of the biggest pops you'll ever hear. Again, I would suggest YouTube and it, it was amazing. Um, really fun. And he, the rock of course, always goes over time in his segments and just takes liberties like the dude just ad libs, does whatever he wants, right? Because he's the rock and no one's going to say anything to him. Um, in other news, we had Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch, the man, just won the NXT women's title in uh, over Tiffany Stratton. Now, some people had an issue with this. Some people said, and 
the main roster is going down. They're sending people from the main roster to NXT to squash people, and they're taking opportunities from these developing talents. I think that's bullshit. Like I just like I I think that's crazy to think that way. Like you don't understand wrestling to me if you if you think that way. This is a television show. Now, NXT White and Gold is killing it. I want to be clear. This is a golden. Era. This is another golden era of of NXT, and it's had many of them. Had the black and gold era, right? It even had the era before that, right? The early, the starting, the OGs, you know, Sami Zayn, Nakamura, Cesaro, things of that nature, uh, Kevin Owens. But we're in a really cool era now where we're kind of getting a mix. We're getting WWE style character work or main roster character work, but, you know, NXT level wrestling and NXT level like devotion from fans. And so, it's just a really cool thing to see, but people are mad that with this, they're sending big time stars down to squash and beat these younger stars. But I, I look at it the opposite way. You're bringing more attention to NXT when you have Rhea Ripley go down there and defend her heavyweight, uh, women's heavyweight title on NXT against somebody. Now, if they beat, if they have a great match and the young developing talent loses, but they just show that they can hang with one of the best in the world, that doesn't hurt the character at all. That actually enhances it. Um, Lyra Valkyrie, um, she looked 10 times better after going up against Rhea Ripley. Why? Because they had a banger of a match, a top-tier match of the year type of candidate, women's uh, match of the year type candidate. And so, yes, she took the L, but she looked great. Same thing's happening here for Tiffany Stratton. Becky Lynch comes down, brings a ton of eyeballs with her, and uh, NXT had some of its best ratings it had in a long time, if not one of the best this year. And again, it's bringing eyeballs, and it isn't some cheap appearance. These these people are going down there and putting on a show. Dominic Mysterio did the same thing. Goes down there, wins the North American title. Sure but also brings a bunch of heat, puts over Dragon Lee, puts over Wesley, puts over all these other, like, you know, younger uh, talents, and it makes them look good. So, again, I, I just, I'm thinking it more, again, I always try to think of it, things from a business, logical perspective, you know, management type of perspective. So if I'm Shawn Michaels, I'm like, hell yeah, you know, sure we want to keep these belts on developing talent so they can have it. But if they lose it, put it on a big time star for a couple of weeks and then have them win it again. You know what I mean? Have the developing, you know, uh character come back and get revenge or overcome adversity or something like that. Like, or have the, that developing talent go on a raw or SmackDown and get their title, you know, get a title rematch that brings more eyeballs to that developing talent on a main roster show, right? There's just so many different ways to do it. So I think this is amazing. I'm glad that it is, it's in unison and it feels organic, right? In the, during the Vince era, it felt like, like the main roster acted like NXT didn't exist. And when someone get called up from NXT, they didn't fit or they weren't even, I won't say people were jealous of them, but people in the main roster were like, ah, that's just some of these indie guys who got indie fans. That's the only reason they're popular. Where now they can see, no, 
in NXT, they're doing main roster level character work. They're out there talk. They're on the mic. They're actually out there actually having presentation. They aren't just saying I'm a good wrestler and that's it. They're actually having character. So when they go to the main roster, they're like, Ooh, okay. This kid already has something he can work with. He or she can work with. Ooh, like we're all good. You know? So, um, I just think, you know, NXT, the mer like using NXT SmackDown Raw kind of in unison, I think that's smart. And if you're on the main roster, Mustafa Ali, a uh, perfect example. Well, he wasn't going to do anything on the main roster. They sent him down to NXT, been killing it. He's been killing it, putting on amazing matches, having great character work, um, unlocking, trying new things that he couldn't even, wouldn't even have time to do on TV on the main roster. On NXT, he has time to do the whole presidential uh, North American champion campaign type idea. Like, that that would get shot down on the main roster. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm really excited for that. I think Becky's going to have a great run with it. She's now a Grand Slam champion. So, and for those that don't know, Grand Slam champion means it, Becky's won every women's title there is in WWE. And the only one she didn't have or didn't ever get was the NXT women's title. So this kind of completes it. And so... Yeah, uh, I think it's a great, great move. NXT is in great shape right now, um, due to the due to the roster they already have, and also due to main roster talent coming down um, and jumping in the middle of things. I did want to talk about the Endeavor deal, uh, the merger between uh, WWE and UFC under Endeavor. Um, I kind of touched on it last week, but just kind of wanted to touch on it again, just because I'm. I have some hesitations. Obviously, I, I think, you know, it's the first SmackDown under Endeavor and The Rock shows up. So it's like, you can be skeptical, but you can also say like, you know, this is a new business. They do want to get eyeballs. They want to, you know, it's just like any other business, right? They take over a new company. They're going to do everything they can to, to raise all statistics, all production, no matter if they were already killing. It. They, they want to say, we we approve things. So like them being, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they were heavily involved in getting the rock to show up. Wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, but this deal, you know, obviously UFC is separate. WWE is separate doing their own thing. But I do think from what I'm hearing, there's some ideas to maybe change the, the championship belt structure to be more UFC like and, give weight classes and things of that nature. And so that's the only thing that scares me is that we have some people who are not wrestling people, but strictly business analytical minds are going to walk in and go, uh, let's, let's really try to make WWE and UFC uniform in the way they work and the way they operate. It's just like, these are two different sports. Like I like UFC. I do, I enjoy it, but I know a lot of wrestling fans who do not like UFC, who could care less. So it's like them trying to mold and merge them together just doesn't make sense to me. Um, I think they should keep pro wrestling, pro wrestling, and UFC. Let Danny White handle that. Let Triple H and Nick Khan handle the wrestling side. And don't try to make too many weird changes just for the sake of it. You know, I don't think it's needed. The WWE is killing it right now. But as we saw this past week, um, due to the merger with Endeavor, Endeavor deal, there were some layoffs 
in WWE, unfortunately. I think they're a woman who's over there marketing was laid off, which is crazy because she's their their marketing has been best the best it's ever been. Right? Like they're marketing, they're going to different countries every other month. Like they're getting they just went to Saudi Arabia. You know, the WWE roster, like a very small percentage of the roster went over to to India to have a great show and put on a show. But that's part of marketing, right? You market on a worldwide global scale. And I heard, I heard some people saying, like, whoever this lady was, Tony Khan and AEW needs to hire her because she's been killing it. Um, I don't know her name exactly, but I, I, I know. Like, I remember the dark days when WWE's marketing was garbage. Like, it stopped here now. Um, and so, I mean, I'm going to keep a cautious eye on this Endeavor deal, but I am a little concerned that, again, they're trying to merge oil and water. It is like they don't belong together at all. Um, and lastly, we'll talk about what the current – you know, storyline is kind of dominating Raw right now, and even I would dare to say WWE is the Jey Uso trade to Raw, the who is now traded back to SmackDown component, and now we have Judgment Day trying to recruit Jey Uso to be in the Judgment Day, um, which is very cool. I like that concept just because you can easily see Jay in a judgment day. Like it just makes sense, right? We've already seen him in the blood. So it kind of makes sense that he would be in another stable, but I do like the fact that they're kind of drawing this out and they're kind of making it like Jay may accept, uh, may have accepted, you know, their invitation and things of that nature. So I like how they've done it. You know, Jay's one of the best actors the WWE has. So he's doing really well in this role. And um, and I also love that they're having it to where like common again. I saw somebody talk about it on Twitter, like common sense storytelling. If again, I think I said it last week. If I'm part of a gang and I beat up everybody in the room, and then I eventually I separate from that gang. Everybody we beat up while I was in the gang is gonna look at me and be ready to fight me immediately, just to get their revenge. And that's cool. I like how on Raw now. Since Jay was in the bloodline, since Jay was a key, key part of Roman Reigns dominating for three plus years or whatever, and costing so many of these people title shots and title, you know, wins, you know, I just like that. I like what I'm seeing from this. I like the common sense, like Drew McIntyre is pissed at Jay Uso. Um, Kevin Owens is pissed at Jay Uso. As he should be. He's he had. A, I think he said on tonight's episode of Raw, I've had five title opportunities, and all of them have been interrupted, or you know, I've been attacked by Jay Uso during those matches. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I just love on this latest segment, Jay Uso was. I mean, Kevin Owens was, you know, approaching Cody Cody uh, Rose and like, hey, why did you? send Jay over here. Like, you know, we don't rock together like that. Why would you do that? You know what he's done to these other people in the locker room, including Jay, uh, uh, including Drew McIntyre, including Seth Rollins, including Matt Riddle. You know what I mean? And so I like that. 
I like the common sense element of it all. Instead of just being like, oh, he's traded to Raw. We're all going to act like he didn't cost a lot of us championships opportunities against Roman Reigns. You know what I mean? And so I really like that. I really, really like that. And um, again, I, I, obviously, he, he's not enjoying the Judgment Day. He kind of showed that in the latest episode of Raw. But again, it's elements, it's small elements. You, They got a, basically almost like a two-week storyline out of him potentially joining the the judgment line, uh, the judgment day, but now, now that he's like rejected them, now it's, we all know what's about to happen. Now it's gonna probably be a six man tag. It's probably gonna be, mm, I don't know how they're gonna do it, but the judgment day versus Jay Uso and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, or Jay Uso, Cody Rhodes, and potentially Drew McIntyre. To throw him in there, that'd be an interesting um, situation. But yeah, he's about to. Jay is about to start a program with the Judgment Day, and unfortunately, he's going to be in the Gulag. Right? He's going to be in those six man tags, those tag team matches, those one on ones with Dom, one on ones with Finn, one on ones with Dam- uh, Damian Priest. It's just going to be on and on and on, you know. So again, I like Jay's there. I'm enjoying his storyline, but. Now that he's directly beefing with the Judgment Day, it's kind of like, damn, like we know what's coming. Unfortunately, they've just been on rent and repeat with the Judgment Day storyline. Um, okay, now we have our top five. Now, again, our theme of this top five is the top five most underrated theme songs of all time. That's either for a group, that's either for one individual, whatever. These are my top five underrated theme songs. So, at number five, we have EO Sky. I call it EO Shirai uh, from her NXT days, but bro, her music hits, bro. Them 808s, like, it just hits every time. It just hit, man. Like it's so good, and it's it's not something you would expect from EO. <laughs> like EO's from Japan. EO's, you know, really good looking, like gorgeous. She's uh, like from like again, they call her the genius of the sky, right? Like her her wrestling style is very like. I hate people like everybody just says the next Jeff Hardy, but hers is very female Jeff Hardy type, and so. For her to have such a hard-hitting, you know, in-your-face, hip-hop-inspired um, um, theme song is really cool and really unexpected. But, again, since the first time I heard it in 2020, I think it was 2020 or 2019, on NXT, hits every time. Hits every time. Man. So good. All right, my number four is a man we just spoke about, Jay Uso. Damn, no sense. Day one shit, I be down since. Day one shit, you know what I mean? That thing hits, hits. You be having the crowd jumping, jumping like it's a concert. Man, it's so good, so good. Um, it just has the bass, it has the hip hop. It has. It, I'm not really a fan of hip hop based wrestling um, theme music because they never, they always miss the mark. They never get it right. It's always something super corny 
or it's just a beat with somebody rapping and you don't even know what they're saying. And it's just, I don't know. And it's to a group that is perpetuating a lot of negative stereotypes and stuff. So for this, for to have Jey Uso and, you know, previous to that, the Usos having that, that day one theme song is just classic, man. Classic. Again, it's one of the best theme songs right now. And Jey Uso has one of the best entrances right now, which is the way he interacts with the crowd and stuff. Number three for me is Drew McIntyre, Broken Dreams. Now, I'll tell you this, brother. If you're ever having a day where, you know, you got to cut the grass, you know what I mean? You got to take out the gutters. You got to you got to go lift. And you just don't want to do it. You're just not feeling it that day. I want you to throw on Drew McIntyre, Broken Dreams. Out of time. Boom. Out of time. Boom. Oh, it's yours. Boom. Come on, man. Bro, when they, I remember at Clash of the Castle, when, because everybody was asking, Clash of the Castle, it was in, it was overseas and was in the UK, I believe. Or was it in Wales? I can't remember. It was in Drew McIntyre's kind of home, country, home area. And so people were like, Hey man, we like his theme song now, but we gotta go back to Broken Dreams. He the way like this should be a moment for him. So we need to go back to Broken Dreams. And they did a little mash. They did a little mashup. They just, at the beginning of it, they started with Broken Dreams. Crowd went crazy. Then they mixed it with his newest, uh, latest version of music, which is cool. It's cool. It's definitely like you can, as soon as you hear it, you you know where he's from. It tells the story of his home country and things of that nature. But Broken Dreams, man, classic like 2010, 11 rock classic, man. And it's just perfect wrestling music. To me, wrestling music needs to be rock. It's just, that's the only type of rock music I, I rock. I mess with um, is wrestling inspired. So, again, Drew McIntyre, Broken Dreams. If you ever got to cut the grass, you got to lift. You got to get that lift in you don't want to do. You got to go on that run, whatever. Throw on Drew McIntyre, Broken Dreams. I'm telling you, you're going to knock it out. Whatever is in front of you, you're going to knock it out. Uh, Things fire. Number number two for me is... Number two for me is Aleister Black. Um, His... uh, I think it's... Equal, I want to say the 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 name of the song. I'll have to get it here, but man, that was one of the first times I'd been introduced to Alistair Black. It was a, I think it was a random like takeover, and man, would not tell you that man's music. That's some of that that, like you know, there's some rock music. You're like, oh, this is Green Day. This is pretty good. This is Paramore. All right, and then there's there's Slipknot. Right. Then there's, you know, what I'm saying there's some stuff that's like, OK, this is a little different rock music. This is a little darker than I'm expecting. That's kind of what um, Aleister Black's music was in WWE, especially NXT. Right. His entrance was amazing, but mainly it was due to the actual music. And like it would be dope because you'd watch like a NXT takeover that was in Chicago and the whole crowd would know the words. And so they just be singing it the whole time. 
And man, it's so good. So good. Um, and honestly, it added so much to the character of Aleister Black just because his entrance was nasty. It had an Undertaker type feel to it, but then throwing in a Slipknot type of, you know, theme song, a uh, rock song. So, yeah, Aleister Black, number two for me. And the number one, I know I spoke about The Rock being the most underrated. I'm going to say that's an honorable number one, right? I'm going to take it out of this ranking just because I'm going to say honorable number one. I've kind of discussed it already. It's not a week-to-week one, but all-time, that's definitely one of the most underrated. But for this one, my most underrated is Shock the System. Come on, man. Shock the System, Undisputed Era, with Adam Cole, baby, Roderick Strong, um, Kyle O'Reilly and my guy, uh, what's my dude's name? I forgot my 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 last guy's name. He was he was he was solid in the ring, more of a striker. He was cool. Um, kind of fumbled the bag in AEW, but whatever. But undisputed era, man, one of the greatest factions of all time, and one of the reasons for that is because obviously what they did in the ring and their what mic work and all this stuff. But another reason is their entrance, bruh. Their theme song has so much swag to it. Has so much. It was when I say swag, I don't mean like oh, it was some hip hop shit. No, it was it was old school. It felt like a four horseman, like an updated four horseman type of situation. Like dun 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 dun, and they hit you with the boom, Adam Cole, baby. It was just the they were in sync. They were in unison. Everything just the presentation was real. Especially when they all had, because it was four members, so when they had the tag team titles, the North American title, and then the NXT championship with Adam Cole had the NXT title, it was just dope to see that faction. It's always great to see a faction with all gold, right? Kind of like Judgment Day right now. But they, they interest don't hit like Undisputed Era. Undisputed Era's theme just hit on a different level, man. Again, it, it gives you modern... But then it also throws you back to the again the whore four horsemen, the evolution, um, all that stuff, man. It just really gives you that vibe. So for me, number one, shock the system. Again, undisputed era. One of the goats, one of my favorite. I was so, so sad when they broke up, bro. When they broke up in 2020, I was pissed. And then when they left WWE. I was pissed. And then they try to do the Undisputed Elite and AEW. It ain't the same, bro. It, it never worked. It's just not the same. Um, I'm glad that Adam Cole is in AEW. I'm happy for him. But during that run in NXT, uh, during, with the Undisputed Era, that made me go, okay, Adam Cole is the next guy. He's the next woman, right? And so I would love to be see him go back to WWE and work under Triple H, uh, where he, which is the person he worked under when he had all that Hall of Fame level success in NXT. I'd love to see him go back to that. I do think AEW is doing great stuff with MJF, but, bro, they're doing it in front of 4,000 people at night. Like, the AEW's attendance level is dwindling by the show. It's awful. And so dudes like MJF, 
Adam Cole, guys like that, they deserve to be in front of 15,000 people, you know, 8,000 to 15,000. And then, you know, pay-per-view 40, you know, or, you know, they deserve to be at the on the highest platform, the biggest platform there is, and that's WWE. So I uh, went on tangent there, but I, I just really think watching Undisputed Era's uh, entrance really made me like, nostalgic for that era and nostalgic for that particular faction, man. Undisputed Era was just so good. They were heels, but people, it was really hard to root against Undisputed Era. It really was. I mean, it was four basic white guys, but they were amazing. They were amazing. And they had swag and they wrestled in a cool, inventive way that made every match was a classic. You know what I mean? Um, So yeah, those are my top five most underrated theme songs. Again, going back through them again, number five, EO Sky. Um, number four, Jay Uso, day one. You know what I mean? Um, number three, I had Drew McIntyre, Broken Dreams. Out of time. Bam. Da, 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 da. I don't know why. I've seen, every time I hear it, I've seen it. Number two, we have Aleister Black's uh, theme song. Fire, man. Really, really good. That's another throw on a workout. You know what I mean? Throw that on when you're working out. And then number one, like I spoke of, Undisputed Era, Shock the System, Adam Cole, baby. Uh, but yeah, top five. Undisputed. Let me know what yours are. Right? Let me know what theme songs really hit for you. Right? I know some people like that old Christian theme song, uh, Shut Your Eyes or something, Close Your Eyes. Fire to be people. I know a lot of people love the Shelton Benjamin. You ain't talk to me. No, you ain't talk to me. No. Like that one. Uh, so many other ones, man, that were really good. I know right now, one that I love is Bobby Lashley's. Like, hits. It ain't nothing too crazy, but it hits. You know what I'm saying? So... It's, it's so many people out there where they theme song is underrated. And so let me know some other ones that you might have uh, that you like. So shout them out to me. Let me know. Um, but otherwise, folks, again, I appreciate your support. Uh, hit us up on the Twitter uh, at the LMG podcast. Um, hit us up on Instagram. We definitely have Instagram We're growing. Uh, we put trying to up our content, up our design, up, up kind of improve our quality of content. So definitely be with us and, uh, and check it out. Check out the improvement there. Uh, same thing at the LMG uh, podcast. Uh, find us on IG. You can find us on the Facebook group. Uh, really tap in there. We always have discussions and things going on in there. Um, and uh, again, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, anything you have, hit us up. We're always happy to talk. Always, uh, down for a, a good nerdy conversation whether it's on wrestling, Marvel, DC, whatever, you know, movies, whatever. Hit us up. But until next time, we out. Yeah.